Welcome to the Richardson Seventh-day Adventist Podcast. I'm so excited for you to join us. Each week, we'll bring you a sermon from one of our ongoing series. This week, we continue our journey through Game Changer. It's a term that you often hear associated with sports, but it really applies to everything or anything. So enjoy, and let's get to it. It is good to see you. Some people may recognize me as uh, the associate pastor of the Richardson Church. People are like, we haven't seen you in forever. And uh, yeah, it's true. I had, we have been on vacation, but, uh, but uh, I've, I've also been gone for a while. Since 1st of May, we have planted a church over in Carrollton. We're very excited about this. God is blessing. Uh, average attendance in May was 48. That's wonderful. And then, uh, you know, June, it's a little exciting. Are we keeping it up? We went up to 52 in average. And then I was gone in July, and so it went up even more. <laughs> so maybe I should come back here a little bit more often. But, uh, but it's exciting. Their average in, in July was 53, and we're just praise the Lord. Uh, we're taking steps to, to uh, get organized as a company. And uh, hopefully that'll be done in September. And then uh, uh, if, if God continues to bless, uh, probably out in the new year somewhere, uh, Carrollton could already be a church on its own. And so we're just, uh, we, we solicit your prayers. We solicit your support. Um, we have about 54 people in, in I call it the greater uh, Carrollton area uh, that are requested Bible studies. And so we, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's a lot for a church with 52, 53 in attendance. So, uh, so if, you, if you live in that area, uh, you want to help out, give Bible studies, please contact me. Uh, one of our church leaders over there has said, because uh, we've asked for volunteers to come help, and they won't help. So he says, this Sabbath, I'm just going to give them. Here are two people you need to go see and enroll them in Bible studies. See if that'll work, because uh, we are just, uh, we're blessed. Please pray for this fall um, here in Richardson as well as in Carrollton. We are doing our evangelistic series. Uh, here we have the privilege of having our Texas Conference president coming and sharing the word with us. And I encourage you uh, not only to share the materials and handouts and invite people to come, but come yourself and be blessed. Every time we have a series of meetings, it's a time of refreshing and, and renewing of our you know, understanding of what the Bible teaches. So I encourage you, take this opportunity. If you live in the Carrollton area, we have Jim Stevens coming in, doing a series of meetings there. And we just uh, we pray God will bless our harvest. Because we know one thing's for sure. Jesus is coming again. Amen. I'm excited about that. But he's not going to come again until we have reached absolutely everybody possible and given them as much opportunity as possible to make a relationship with Jesus. With that, let's get into the sermon. <laughs> let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your love for us. We thank you that we can come together that we can open your word, Lord, and as we do so, we need your spirit to speak to our hearts, that we may learn truths from above, Lord, that will give us strength and courage for the week, for the years, for the life ahead, Lord. We ask for a blessing upon everybody today as we open your word. We pray in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. We just came back from uh, vacation. 
one month long vacation. Yes, and we decided to do the budget, and I say budget, <laughs> uh, road trip, you know. Uh, it wasn't quite the budget, but you know, it was fun. Uh, yes, 7,200 miles, uh, a total of 120 hours at least in the car with the family. Yes, that, that makes for um, some interesting experiences, you know. You get to know each other for better or worse, you know. And uh, yes, all of a sudden, you know, we know exactly how large the bladders are, and we know exactly what foods not to eat, so we can drive with our windows rolled up. Um, you know, we, you know, family trips are are uh, pretty awesome. I mean, and and we saw everything. Uh, the, the common theme was trees. So we went up to Mount Rushmore, and then we went to Yellowstone, uh, Grand Tetons. Mount Rainier. Mount Rainier, yes, I forgot that one, yes. Lots and lots of trees, redwood forest, tall trees. And it's so funny, because uh, the two oldest girls, they, they're off doing their own thing, but, but the two youngest were with us, Sarah and Michael. And uh, as we're coming towards the end of the vacation, I could tell that, especially Sarah, had enough. Because we go, we go through the redwood forest, and she goes, wow, more trees. <laughs> yeah, but these are big ones. And then we go to Sequoia National Park, and she goes, more trees. <laughs> Stand next to that tree. Look at that tree. It's like, yeah, there are trees, you know. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then we went through Death Valley, and she's like, at least there are no trees. <laughs> It's true, 129 degrees. But then uh, we saw petrified trees. That's right. So we went to the petrified forest, which uh, it shouldn't be called a petrified forest. It should be petrified pieces of trees lying around here and yonder. Because really, the closest I saw trees being were like six feet, you know. And I'm, I come from Norway, you know. Forest is where you can't go through it because it's just trees. But, uh, but anyways, it's... Uh, it's an experience. I don't know if you've been on summer vacation this far this year or, or in years past, but you know, we love being with the family. But there comes a time when you kind of look forward to school starting up, right? <laughs> you know, first day of school for kids are like, oh, and first day of school for parents are like, you know, you know, finally, you know. I uh, get the house to myself a little bit, you know. I don't have to vacuum six times a day, you know. And, uh, and, and if I buy some food, it will be in the fridge the next day, you know. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? And so you're kind of a little excited that school starts and you get back to the grinding mill. And, uh, but it doesn't take long before all of a sudden you start missing, man, I had such a good time on vacation. And, and you start realizing that, uh, you know, being together with family is good. Amen. There's no escaping it. See, family time is quality time. God made it that way. In fact, in the very beginning, when God created this world, he created the family, male and female. He created them. And the very next thing is, God sets aside time. Now that you have a family, now that you have individuals, 
Spend time together. Now, I do want to say this is a family sermon, and, and, and some people are single. They don't have a family. We all have family. If nothing else, we are a family. Amen? Amen. And we all are together. Why he says in Exodus 25, verse 8, it says, Build for me a sanctuary that I may dwell with you. And the Bible says, And the presence of God was with his people continually. God wants us to be together. He, he understands that time together is important. So he made sure from the beginning of time, there was time. Time we could spend with family. Time we could spend with God. And so family time is essential for each of us individually, as a church, and as local family groups and communities. So I don't know if you're like me, but I kind of tend to vacillate back and forth. Uh, I kind of relate to the yay time alone, but then, oh, I really miss my family. And I know recently one of my favorite memes that I saw was asking the question, what is the one thing that became more clear to you as you got older? And I really related to the response, which was, I, what has become more clear to me is why the Grinch wanted to live alone with his dog. Um, <laughs> I thought that was great. Although I have to say that even in our driving as we pass through some of these like middle of nowhere places and yet there would be houses there, we'd talk about, I wonder what it would be like to live out here in the middle of nowhere. And I had to say that no, I don't think I could do it. I think I would go crazy. I need to have people around me. Uh, because the truth is God made us to be social people. Doesn't mean we have to be social all the time, but he made us to need each other. And, um, and I, I can even say that because I'm an introvert, and many of you might be sitting here thinking, well, I'm an introvert, and introverts don't really like people. But that's not true. Introverts, just like extroverts, need people, want to be around people. Now, the number of people might be different, or how they interact, or how long they interact together might be different, but everybody needs people in their lives. In fact, uh, God built it into us from the very beginning. God says about man, it is not good for man to be what? Alone. alone. It is not good that we should be alone. So God will create a helper fit for him. And we need, we need social interaction. We need to be around people. We need that time together. And in fact, maybe you're thinking, well, you know, I haven't found my significant other yet. I don't have a family. I'm, I'm single. But the great thing about today's day and age about being single is they're finding more and more singles find satisfaction in life. And why is that? They find satisfaction because we are so networked as a world. They have a church family. They have close neighbors. They go on girls' trips, on guys' trips. They're doing things. They're the aunt 
to their nephews and nieces or the uncle to their nephews and nieces. So we're finding ways still to connect whether you have a significant person in your life or not. Because there is strength in being together. Ecclesiastes 4, verses 9 to 12, you, you read there, Two are better than one, for if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. If two lie together, they keep warm, and though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him, and threefold, a threefold cord is not quickly broken. We need to be around people, because in standing around people and being around people, we gain strength. And also, in order to supply that strength with the extra power that we need, God encouraged us to bring him into the mix. God says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. God wants to have fellowship with us, to spend time together. And the Bible emphasizes the importance of being together and spending time together as friends or as families. So what can quality time together do for us? And this is kind of where my specialty kicks in because I come in with the psychological perspective. But it's, for me, it's really cool to see how what God tells us in the Bible about what's healthy for us, about what is, going to, uh, what is best for our happiness, that nowadays in the research we do, it's, it's supporting what God says. It's um, bolstering what he says. And one of the things about quality time together is that it doesn't just have to be leisure or fun, that it's actually a learning experience. And so when you study families and families who spend time together, what you find is it's actually a learning experience because the time that you spend together not only bonds you, but how does it bond you? It bonds you because you're spending time together. It's almost like this cycle, right? Like you're getting to know each other, and then because you're getting to know each other, you're spending time together. In order to spend time together, you got to get to know each other so you can do things that you enjoy together. So while you're creating these memories, you're also learning. You're learning about each other. So parents are able to observe their children and able to encourage them in their strengths and help them with the things that might be weaknesses. Children are able to observe their parents and see how do my parents handle certain situations? What are my parents like? And parents are role models for their children during this time. In fact, what they found is that families that spend time together, those children tend to get better grades in school have less behavioral problems, and uh, even in a recent study of um, quite a few, it was a really large group of, of families, they found that those who spend more time together, the children are less likely to engage in threatening and dangerous behaviors. So what we see is that quality time really has an important emotional impact on everyone in the family. It builds self-esteem. It helps people 
each one in the family to feel that they're important, that they're loved, and that they mattered. And what we mean by mattered means that they have a purpose in the family, they have a place, they have a place where they can go and they can say what they think and what they mean and they can get encouragement and support. Time spent together as a family is so important and yet what research also shows is that during the weekday, families on average only spend 37 minutes a day together. Now, of course, this can be for numerous reasons. We don't all work the nine to five anymore. Many people have several jobs or they're divorced or separated, things that keep them from being able to be together. Um, but it's kind of sad that quality time is so low that we spend with our families. Now, the weekends get a little bit better uh, two hours and 40 minutes a day on weekends, Saturdays and Sundays, amen. And, um, but it's kind of sad to see because what we found is that most people look to use their vacation time to spend time with their family, quality time, and yet most people get less than seven days of vacation a year. In fact, the uh, United States is, is uh, of, the, of the industrialized countries, United States is the country that spends the least amount of time on vacation. And that's something to think about, especially when we're talking about our, our, our climate of, of, you know, behavior. We see behavioral problems among, among our young people, and, and uh, we need to spend time together. And, and people say, well, we want to sp spend quality time. We're so busy now, so now we kind of schedule in quality time. But, but, but that's really hard because see, quality time is not like, okay, kids, gather around. We're going to spend five minutes of quality time together. <laughs> you can't really schedule it that way. Quality time comes out of one factor, quantity time, amount of time. You have to spend amount of time on your family. This is not, this is not an issue. Ellen White says it in Adventist Home, page 191. No time, says the father, I have no time to give the, to the training of my children. No time for social or domestic enjoyments. Then you should not have taken upon yourself the responsibility of a family. By withholding from them the time which is justly theirs, you rob them of education which they should have had at your hands. If you have children, you have a work to do in union with the mother in the formation of their characters. Now notice that she says not only in education. Education is important as you spend time with your kids, training them and so on. But it also said in social and domestic enjoyments. How many of us set aside and see time playing with your kids as important. Going out and tossing a football, reading a book together, those are not wasted moments. Those are precious quality time that I guarantee you every child will remember for the rest of their lives. So I, I, I can't stress the importance enough that God has given to us time to spend with families, to build us to, together. The, it says in Adventist Home, page 221, the father or mother should not be so absorbed in his business life or in the study of books that he cannot take time to study the natures and necessities of his or her children. 
Because when we as adults spend time with our kids, we learn what kind of nature they have, what kind of person they are. And, and that's, that's really important. Because as, as you know, for those of you who have been parents for a while, each child is different. I used to think that when I had three girls, I'm like, excellent, rubber stamp, rubber stamp, rubber stamp, right? They're all going to be the same. No, we have an extrovert, we have an introvert, and we have something worked, you know? And, uh, and they all require different things, you know? As I said before, you know, punishment for an extrovert is go to your room. But if I say that to my introvert, they go, <laughs> all right? You know, so they got to go and play with someone. Aww, you know. So, you, you know, it, as you spend time with your family, you learn what your children are like and what they need and, and how they need to be trained and what they're looking for. And that's exciting stuff. So this summer when we went on a trip, I learned some stuff about my kids that I didn't know before. And that's exciting. And we had to use some negotiation. Okay, you know, there's some things that are non-negotiable, but some things are, and so we found out one of the negotiation, uh, negotiations we had to make was that one of our children would be willing to go outside of the car to look at stuff with us if we wouldn't take a picture of them. <laughs> and so that was a negotiation we made. And then <laughs> there was, you can see them nodding over there, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and so it was kind of working towards, and, and even when, now with family quality time, it doesn't always mean that everyone's happy sometimes, too. So, you know, I, I know our kids will remember it later, but like, for example, uh, my son, they have this really great program with the national parks and forests where kids can become like junior rangers or they can get these passports where every national park has a stamp that they can get. And so we bought him the passport. And so like, I think I was more excited than he was, but uh, <laughs> at least for some of them, he was excited at first, but then it kind of dies off. And, and I know that he's not always as excited about stuff now, but I do know that one day he's going to look back and he's going to be like, yeah, that was really cool. So, you know, it's not always the fun, 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 but, you know, it's a part of family life, right? And also a part is getting to know each other. And, and I really, one thing that I've noticed very often uh, that I've had to work on myself is that as an adult, I tend to want my kids to like and do the things that I like and that I do. But they are not me. They are their own person. And so it was really important and I had to learn to get to know what interests you. What do you like? Now, yes, sometimes I still force them to do the things that I like to do. But at the same time, if I really want to get to know them and the person they're becoming, I want to know what interests them. I want to do things with them that interest them. So I, I really like uh, how Sven read about Ellen White saying, studying the nature of our children. Children are different. They have different personalities. Um, spending quality time if you have an introvert but you're forcing them to go out and play football and that's not what they enjoy that's not quality time and and I had to get to know quality time for some of my kids so for some of them 
it's going for walks. And they'll open up, and they enjoy it, and it's exercise, and they'll talk, talk, talk. With my son, I, okay, so this, I have to admit something, but uh, I had Pokemon Go on my cell phone, and we would go out pokey hunting together. But it was great exercise, and we would not just talk about Pokemon, but he would talk about school and his day and this people and how he felt and all these things. Another one of our kids, doesn't like to hug, but man, you get this one in the car and they will jibber-jabber nonstop about what's going on in their life. So it's about getting to know them. Um, one of an amazing book, if you ever have a chance to read it, is called The Five Love Languages. Uh, a lot of times this is used for relationships, but it also works for children, okay? Um, so what are the five languages of love? Acts of service, that means doing things uh, for them. So this might be with children, for example. I always recommend uh, for parents that have trouble getting their kids to do chores, do chores with them. You know, acts of service together. Um, words of affirmation, telling them, you know what? You did this job without whining. I really appreciated that. Or... I, your voice sounded so beautiful when you sang with your choir today, letting them know that you appreciate their positive behavior. Um, physical touch, an essential one. Um, hugs are so important. Did you know that hugs actually have physical effects on our body? Hugs, uh, it, and it can last for up to two hours. A 20-second hug can reduce stress, reduce fear, uh, it can protect against illness, uh, it can lower blood pressure and heart rate. It has so many great effects on the body. Uh, so hugs are so important physically. They even found that for kids, hugging teddy bears has the same effect as well. So uh, hugs, you know, patting them on the head, letting them know for those that like it. Now, I'm not saying go out and just hug everyone <laughs> in love. I know it's in love, but I can tell you uh, probably physical touch is not my gift of love, and I'm an introvert, and so I know sometimes like I've gone to some churches and people are just like, oh, so great to meet you, and I'm like, wah, get away. <laughs> I don't know you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> let me get to know you a little bit first, you know. But there are people that physical touch is so important. And then, of course, quality time, which includes all of these things, and gifts. And we're not talking about big gifts, but small gifts here and there to let you know. For we, well, we have a daughter that that's one of her gifts is, I mean, that's one of her languages of love is gifts. So her question was, have you bought me souvenirs while you were gone? You know, or have you brought something for me? Uh, because for her, that shows that we thought of her and that we loved her. It doesn't have to always be something big. Um, let me just say one more thing about uh, hugs, and this is more in relationship to couples. I just want to let you know that they have found that couples that hold hands for 10 minutes and then hug for 20 seconds, actually tend to have better relationships. So that's, yeah, anyway. That's okay. about, that's, that, 
that's about the time of a sermon. So, you know, Sorry. hold hands during the sermon and then give each other a 20-second hug before you go. See? Already yes. there, you're on your way. Uh, <laughs> and did you know that people need four hugs a day for survival, eight hugs a day for maintenance, and 12 hugs a day for personal growth? So, and 20-second hugs, that's difficult. Most people hug for three seconds. But all these things are important with the quality time, and, and what you find is that it just has a tremendous effect on building nurturing skills, leadership skills, problem-solving skills for kids, and creates such a strong bond for families. And it, it may sound like, oh, this is a lot of things that I got to do now, you know, and I got to change everything. But, but remember, everything that God has given us in the Bible is for our benefit, right? It, it makes us better people, stronger people. Education, page, page 41 says, God made provisions for the kids' social needs, for the kindly and helpful associations that do so much to cultivate sympathy and to brighten and sweeten life. This is not supposed to be a chore. This is supposed to be an enjoyment, something that will lighten and sweeten your life. Because work and all this hard stuff, yes, we need those, but, but it's critical that we get in this quality time. And, and that's not just, you know, it's, it's doing things you like, doing things that your kids like. You'd be surprised at how surprised your kids will be if you join them in something that they like that they think you don't like. And that is going to make their day. You know, and, and I know sometimes um, our kids get into stuff that uh, my kids got into YouTubing. When I was a kid, we did inner tubing. I don't know if that's the same thing. No, it's not. You know, and they're like, oh, this YouTuber, he's YouTuber. And I'm like, what on earth are you talking about? And they're watching YouTube. And, and, and I'm like, oh, that's ridiculous. What a waste of time, you know. But then I sat down and I said, so what are you watching? And, and my son, oh, it's this and this person, and I kind of want to know what, what on earth this is. So I'm, I'm sitting there listening, and, and I start asking questions, and all of a sudden, my son starts, blah, 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 blah. And he starts coming up with, yeah, I worry about this, or I talk about this, and I think about this sometimes. And all of a sudden, when I started going down to, to his interest level, I found that he's opening up, and I'm getting to know my son on a, on a level that I could never do if I forced him to play golf. Huh? Watch soccer on TV. Watch soccer on, or cross-country skiing. <laughs> Love that stuff. So I really like how you brought up that this is not you have to do all of this. But we wanted to provide something very practical and very practical ways for spending quality time together. And so you have fun activities like drawing and crafts for some people. Uh, for other people, you might have um, uh, playing board games. You might have physical activities like going to the gym or the track together. You might have playing sports together. You might do chores together. You might go bicycling, picnicking, camping. Uh, you might just be so tired that you're lounging on your couch, but you're lounging there together, <laughs> right? Eating, eating chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> 
Uh, well, my daughter said that I should say everyone lounging on their phones, but then we're all sharing with each other what we're looking at and just talking and, and, and just enjoying each other's companies. Be because as nice as it is, um, you know, of course, having dinner and mealtimes together, many times, unfortunately, our modern families were not able to always sit down and have a meal together. But you could still be involve kids in planning the meals, in cooking the meals, in preparing the meals. Um, you can go shopping together. Uh, couples, uh, a lot of times couples think that when they start having kids, oh, my kid has to be the first priority. Did you know that if you want to be a good parent, your spouse actually has to be your first priority and your relationship? with your spouse. And so for the longest time, we really couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> but then when we finally could, we found that some of our best date nights were just meandering through the aisles of Walmart <laughs> or the grocery store, just looking at what there was and talking with each other, talking in the car. Uh, we can talk nonstop for basically an entire trip as our kids found out. Um, <laughs> so there's so many great ways that you can find for you and for your family that makes quality time together. It doesn't have to be just, okay, we have to do it this way or we have to do it that way. And, and we cannot talk about quality time in family without touching on probably the most important quality time there is, and also the most neglected quality time there is, which is worship time. We, um, we'd like to say that our Adventists are, you know, we have worship every day and we, you know, but most of our families don't. In fact, most families in our church have a hard time even finding one day a week outside of Sabbath to do worship. And, and this is a problem. In fact, uh, in Adam's home, it says, hold the fort at home, page 319. Consecrate your family to God, then speak and act at home as Christian. Be kind and forbearing and patient at home, knowing that you are teachers. Every mother is a teacher. Every mother should be a learner of the school of Christ, that she may know how to teach, that she may give the right mold, the right form of character to her children. In fact, it says on there in, verse, in page 320, as soon as the little ones are intelligent to understand, parents should tell them the story of Jesus, that they may drink the, in the precious truths concerning the babe of Bethlehem. Impress upon the children's minds sentiments of simple piety that are adapted to their years and ability. Bring your children in prayer to Jesus, for he has made it possible for them to learn religion as they learn to frame their words of language. And so as the children are small, start immediately training them. Have morning worships before you go out. Have evening worships before you close for bed. These things are so important. Give them an opportunity to read a Bible text and then, and then talk about them, maybe how that text relates to something they experienced during the day. This is going to be the best quality time that you're going to spend with your family is worship time. I encourage you, schedule it. Find a way to work it in. We are so busy today, and we are so, you know, it's so hard to go visiting today because people are just work crazy hours, different times of the day. But take that time and opportunity to 
to do some worship time, whether it's supper time or breakfast time, do a prayer. I find that, uh, that uh, when I take the kids to school, that's a good time. I got them there in the car, and we pray together in the car. I keep my eyes open when I'm driving, but you know, but they pray. And, and all of a sudden, I find out what's on my kids' hearts. You know, oh, Daddy, pray for, let's pray for so-and-so. They're going through a hard time at school. Or, or pray for the test that we're having coming up. And all of a sudden, the children every day learn to contact God with pains and struggles and worries. And that's exactly what you want them to. You want them to take Jesus with them in their everyday life. Because God wants to be a part of your family. In fact, this is critical. When Jesus came again, Jesus talked about Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone who says to me when he comes again, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name, and I will declare to them what? I never knew you. Depart from me, you who do evil. We sometimes get so busy, and I'm talking to myself as a pastor. We get so busy doing ministry, and we get so busy doing the Lord's work, that we forget to take Him with us in our family life. And God says, all I needed was some time so we could talk together. All I need is, is to be with you. In fact, God wants to be with you all day long. He wants to be there in your social interaction. He wants to be with you. In fact, in John 14, Jesus says, he, he tells us, I will come again. I mean, this, this is like the pinnacle text for us Adventists. You know, Jesus is coming again. Just see in, in John, the 14th chapter. But why is he coming again? What's the purpose of all this? What's the purpose of salvation? What's the purpose of death on the cross and the resurrection? What is the purpose? What it says in verse 3, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Jesus just wants to spend time with you. He wants to be a part of your life. He wants to be a part of your family. And I, and I love that. Because we need to get away from this idea that there are perfect families. Don't believe what Facebook says. I'm telling you, right? I mean, you know, I, I, we post pictures. Look how happy we are at this trip. Look how wonderful it is on this trip. It's not. I'm telling you, we get down to a point and one of my kids finally realized about halfway through the trips how long this trip was going to be. <laughs> and they got frustrated because there is no escape. <laughs> they can't just get on a plane and go back home. They have to drive with us all the way back. And, and you know, we all struggle and we all have troubles and we all cross each other. But how beautiful it is that Jesus is the God of forgiveness. Jesus is the God. He is the source of love. Jesus is the, the God of broken hearts. Jesus is the one who mends broken relationships. Jesus is the one who binds us together as a family. And so if we try to do family time without God, we, we, we're doomed to fail. 
Bring Jesus with you and your family can conquer. A perfect family is not one that doesn't have battles. A perfect family is the family that brings Jesus with them through their battles. I encourage you, find new ways to bring Jesus with you in your life. And we're so excited today because we're going to actually present an idea, a concept that was created through the Texas Conference, and we actually have some here today uh, called the Family Worship Spinner. So if you are someone who is like struggling to make worship time inviting for your family, you're wanting to know how can we make it more fun, um, this is a, a little spinner that the kids can use. It's in English and in Spanish on the other side. Um, and, and it has things like give a hug to each person or sing a praise song, uh, read a Bible verse and explain it, pray for someone. It has so many great ideas that you can do to, together as a family. And you don't have to do them all in one worship time. You could use it to choose different things to do each time you have worship together. Worship should be a time where you're together and where you can feel that you're all in the presence of God. And, and that comes through a wide variety of things that we do. So how can people that are interested get one of these? We have these available today. <laughs> For the incredible price of nothing. <laughs> uh, outside in the, in the foyer after worship service, you'll get it. There are three parts to it. It's, it's the piece of paper or it's kind of like a plasticky thing. And then it has a spinner, an arrow, and then it has a lock that you put on the back. So, so make sure you, uh, we, we didn't assemble it because some are Spanish, some are English. And so you can choose which one you want. And I think they are, you can take them up and go from Spanish to English and Spanish to English if you want. But uh, they are available out there. We gave out a lot for early service. We still have uh, some left. If we do run out, just make sure you put your name on the list. We'll make sure that you get it because any way in which we can find new ways and attractive ways for our children and for our families to get together, spend time together with God, it is only going to bless you. And, and people say, well, my kids are old. They're almost out of the house at this point. It's too late. I'm telling you, it is never too late. It is never too late to start developing those right relationships. You know, I was 30 years old when my father called me for the first time. Now, I grew up with my father. He was there, but he was never there, if you know what I mean. And he was never, you know, and, and if he yelled my name, it's because I did something. You know, uh, very few memories of my father ever playing with me. At 30 years old, my father calls me. I remember I was in Silver City, New Mexico at the time. It was about uh, 1230 in the afternoon. And my father calls me, and I was certain my mom had died. Because my mom calls me all the time. We talk every day. But my dad never calls. And I go, Dad, what's going on? And he just says, nothing. I just miss hearing your voice. And I was taken back. My father, who never paid that much attention to me, and I know I'm a middle child, say, look at me, look at me, you know, but... but uh, but all of a sudden, he started initiating contact. 
And, and then we talked more and more. Then he come to visit, and we'd work together. We'd build 100-square-foot patio together with, oh, with a nice, what do you call those things? Arbor. An arbor on top. It was it's gorgeous. It's still there at the house that we sold again. But, you know, <laughs> these are times that I treasure. And even today, I have a renewed relationship with my father. It's never too late to make a relationship. And if you, if you don't have a family worship, I encourage you, make that commitment today. Make a commitment. And if you're alone, make a commitment to spend time with Jesus. He just wants to be with you. Talk to him. Share with him your frustrations. Jesus always had a party. Did you know that? Right? In fact, they blamed him for that. They called him a drunkard because he was in so many parties. Take Jesus with you wherever. Don't go to parties, but you know what I mean, you know? <laughs> Take Jesus with you. Commit your life to him. He is there for you. He just wants to spend time with you. And I encourage you, make that commitment to spend family time and quality time with your family and with Jesus. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your love for us. We thank you that you reached out to us. You reached out to us with love and with time. And Lord, as we respond to you today, Lord, we recommit our lives to be more with you, more with our family. Lord, impress upon our hearts the importance of spending time with our families. I ask that you bless each and every one that are here, Lord. Bless the time that we spend together as a church family, as we each individual family spends time together, Lord, we just ask that your Holy Spirit will be with each and every one and bless us so that when you come again, you will call us by name because you know us. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you were blessed by this sermon. Next week, we'll continue our journey through Game Changers. So bring a friend, listen, have a conversation, and remember, you're in our prayers.